You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Cannabis Hangout. So today we're going to be interviewing a friend of mine, Tess. Tess and I met while we were in college, and we've stayed connected via Instagram, and I've always seen her do the dopest stuff. Recently, she launched a CBD line, and it's skincare, and that's how we got reconnected, was through cannabis, which I think is pretty cool. Um, And Tess is still doing incredible things with cannabis in our community. So guys, welcome Tess. Welcome, Tess, to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, guys. (laughs) So, Tess, tell us, just kind of start us off and everyone who's listening just a little bit about, like, where you began your journey with cannabis. Oh, damn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give us your background. Um, Yeah, I probably started smoking weed when I was 14, honestly, Um, and went to high school in Germany, and our friends, we had a couple of friends that would go get it and drive to Amsterdam and bring it back. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's not, crazy. Yeah. So you got the good experience yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't even know what experience, you know, like what good weed was at that time. That's true. Know, That's true. It. But, um, but yeah, so I've always enjoyed weed, but um, recently, like, you know, like late after like it passed recreationally in uh, Colorado. And some of our friends, you know, from Oklahoma started moving out there and mm-hmm. migrating. I was like, those are my people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smart ones. Yes. yes. Um, but, yeah, I started getting products from my parents because I knew, like, my mom wouldn't... Like, my dad um, had... Both my parents were military. My dad, um, after he retired from active duty, continued to work for the government as a contractor and was, like, in the Middle East, like, mm-hmm. wearing all this, like, gear, like, oh, wow. you know, 60 pounds of gear. Oh, wow. And not in the best shape, you know, in his 60s. But, uh, so, yeah, so he had all these surgeries, and he was given all these, like, opioids. Like, he had liquid opium that he was oh, given wow. in Germany. Yeah. Wow. It was outlawed the year that we let, the year that I graduated college, 2013, it was outlawed. Um, but crazy. Or the year oh. after. And then, um, but then he comes to the States, and they give him, like, morphine tablets daily. Because they're just like, here, just, like, manage your pain, mm-hmm. you know? And honestly, like, you know, the root of it was he didn't do his PT. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I feel like it's, you know, very common in our um, Western culture to be very passive in our health care mm-hmm. and just, like, ask for a pill and just ask for something to fix it versus, mm-hmm. like, you know, changing behavior or habits or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so... My mom was like, I don't want to go down that road, but she's starting to age a little bit too. Mm-hmm. My parents were down there in their 70s and 60s, and um, and she was like, I don't want to go down that road. So I started getting her bombs from Colorado, mm-hmm. and then she's like, Okay, I'll try a gummy. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how it goes. Yes, exactly. And then like, okay. Yeah. So my mom like now like she loves finding like ways to infuse literally anything possible. I started making wow. her olive oil. I'm like, Here, you can make whatever you that's want. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude. That's cool. She's so open. I know. To totally. Totally. And. You know, she wants to participate in the industry as well, and she definitely sees how it can benefit, and my dad has benefited too. Mm-hmm. So totally, it's that's... been that's you know that's the root of it all. But um, but I you know I've enjoyed finding ways just to get involved business wise and kind of drag them along with me. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your skincare line. We're just gonna hit a little bit on that. Um, yeah. I think it's really cool that you've incorporated CBD into it. I feel like people don't 
when people think of smoking weed, they don't really think about all parts of the plant and how okay. beneficial all of them can be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's really cool to know somebody that came out with the skincare line. So tell us a little bit about that. What prompted you to do that? Yeah, so I thought a skincare line would be a good idea because I could talk about it and introduce it and bring it in to any conversation. Mm -hmm. And also any store. Like, I'm not an ingestible. I'm not making health claims. Like, totally. you know, I'm just using science-backed research saying that it's great for your skin. And, yeah. you know, even for, like, moderate to severe skinning. So, um, so yeah, so I thought skincare was going to be a great way to introduce that. And I, I do benefit, like, that's all I do is use, you know, cannabis products on my face mm -hmm. and it's wonderful. Before yeah. you did the line, were uh -huh. you already kind of like, did you love skincare and everything totally, before yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. And I did an internship with this woman who developed, um, like a huge, like global brand, like multiple of them. Mm -hmm. wow. Um, and she just like, you know, is from Dallas, lives in Dallas. But so I interned with her and then I continued working with her after for like, you know, three years and learned a lot and um and I also wanted to develop a line that was like focused on because I did have some experiences and I feel like we all have had experiences where like skincare is not gone the right way like yep. yeah. acids 100%. or like chemicals and like you know you just start experimenting with like harsher things and I wanted the mm -hmm. line to really be about nourishing and healing your skin Love that. and so you know the number one thing I hear is like oh this you know the cleansing bar is great for my eczema mm -hmm. or you know it calms down like red spots and rosacea and all the things like that's like what I wanted mm -hmm. so that's so I looked even like the fragrances which are essential oils but even those like i didn't do bergamot because i was like that could be irritating to some people's skin if i put too much in it mm -hmm. and so like just being mindful about things like that so anyone could use it that's so cool and i'm here to say that her products are fun <laughs> yeah. and they Your sit so lightly um so as being women um and being colored Mm -hmm. um, we face challenges in the industry, and I know you wanted to touch on Can Inclusive and um, the Equity First Alliance, and I hadn't heard of that. Neither Brandon and I both hadn't heard of that until mm -hmm. you had said something about it. So would you mind educating us a little bit and our listeners on what that is? Yeah, um, two really awesome organizations and initiatives of, um, you know, just to start, like my favorite, like because it's just like mind boggling. Um, is where do you think the tax dollars for cannabis sales in California go? Hmm. That's a good question. I truly have no idea. Yeah, like, and that's like a question we should ask in all states. It's like, where are your tax dollars? Right. Go? Is it yeah. going towards like education? Is it mm -hmm. going towards like helping build? Community, yeah, yeah, something road, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. What's it? Benef anything to benefit the people, right? Right, that's and, what you should be for. Yeah. Yes, and in California, the tax sales, which are twenty three percent, what's the percentage here in Oklahoma? 15. Fifteen. Fifteen state 15. between state. Don't hate that. City, state. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, love it's I, I love drinking it a too. <laughs> I'm always like shocked when I get my bar tab back. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is much. Five more rooms. Yes. Compared to other places. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they go to the police department. What? Uh, so the really? people that still have folks in jail, you know, for cannabis. Mm -hmm are literally reaping the benefits from these 23% or more whatever taxes in California. And so that's wild to me. And so, you know, that's just like a question like, as we start to legalize. And that's something I feel like there's a lot of momentum in New York that's happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because it's a naturally diverse state mm -hmm. or, right. you know, just like there's also just like a lot of dope people out there, too, that are mm -hmm. just doing things. But, um, you know... 
that's one thing that, you know, these two women that I met who, through this field trip, we got to go to this awesome cannabis farm in um, North California. And, um, but yeah, they are in New York and they are basically helping them draw provisions because, you know, what probably happened and what often happens is people are like, yeah, I want to smoke weed, you know, yeah. and like, you're like, yes, let's pass this. You yes. Know? Yeah. But you don't know all the politics that are behind it. And that's yes. honestly what it comes down to. And so when I'm in a state like Texas, that is probably far away from you know, yeah. legalizing time soon, but I'm going to say like Texas, those are questions I want to ask and I want to be informed on, mm-hmm. and, you know, that these are the conversations to be, to be had. So with those two organizations, mm-hmm. um, with Canaclusive, you know, they just provide a lot of information and a lot of marketing initiatives and a lot of community support for, um, you know, people of color in the cannabis space, specifically, you know, black um, mm. and brown people. But, um, but yeah, so it's just, it's, so I would say, you know, think about, like, the ramifications of cannabis and, like, while, and, like, also realize it's a privilege mm-hmm. and also realize that there are still people in jail in 2020, like, while we can, like, walk into a store and go buy literally whatever we want. I, that's such a good point to us. Yeah. Just, like, mm-hmm. it is a privilege to be able to use cannabis in a state, but, like, also to be a cannabis patient because mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of convictions that are preventing people from even being a cannabis patient because of maybe a felony or just, you know, something stupid that they've, has been way in the past. And like, we're trying to get past this where cannabis is for everyone. It's healing for everyone. And just, you know, making it be like affordable too. And it's, I don't know. I think that's something that a lot of light is not shed on. I agree. That's like not something, I mean, even you just saying that, like in me having to think about like, holy shit, like it is a privilege for me to like be able to go into a dispensary and get whatever I need, whenever I need, because that's, Mm -hmm. that's my medicine. Um, exactly. It's crazy. It, I mean, I've been battling like a migraine for the last three days. And if I didn't have cannabis, like I would have had to take pills, which I eventually did end up taking like one Advil migraine, but just like, sometimes you just got it, but it, without cannabis i would have just had that migraine and had to rely on putting solely pills but this Mm -hmm. way i could weed that out before i had to put it back in so it's a really good point i appreciate you saying that um so like what do you like your thoughts on this test like how i know you're really passionate about like um what we were just saying those two companies Mm -hmm. who are doing trying to like make things better and like get things moving yeah how do how would you what do you think, like, how would we reverse the trends that are caused by cannabis prohibition? Like, where where does that even start? We're on drugs, yeah. And that's why I'm always, like, super, um, <laughs> I'm very adamant about correcting people or mm-hmm. um, about Please encouraging. correct me. <laughs> no, 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 not y'all, but, like, not, but, like, correcting people or, like, encouraging them to use different language because, you know, even using the word marijuana, mm-hmm. that is rooted in, like, demonizing the plant to basically serve the initiative of the DEA, you know, the forming D, those are the formative years, mm-hmm. like, you know, Henry Angslanger and all that. Mm-hmm. And so um, the word marijuana is not even a real word. Like, that's not, like, that's not what, how you say cannabis yeah. in mm-hmm. Spanish. And cannabis is a scientifically correct word. And so, like, I just, so I always, like, discourage people using marijuana. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. you're perpetuating something really, mm-hmm. really negative that's been, like, really disparaging in a lot of communities. That's interesting, but it's that's very eye-opening, though, you know, yeah, because, absolutely. I mean, I know, I say that still, but it's yeah. good to like, be con- ha- yeah. like 
like opening my mind just yeah. to that, you know. Yeah. And that's like kind of like one of the first like indicators. I'm like, okay, are they woke yet? <laughs> like, yeah. But and it's like we all learn, like, cause you you don't know. Mm-hmm. You, we all learn, but I think it's really important to trace the history of all of this. But um, but yeah, it's definitely the war on drugs, which like negatively impacted Black and Brown communities, mm-hmm. and um, and it just had a residual effect that was just compounding, you know, mm-hmm. and um. And then with cannabis, you know, what's unfortunate is you just, it's so wild. Like, even going to different places, like, talking about, like, for instance, I did an expo in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. right? And there are some, you know, older black women who were kind of, like, you know, very turned off by it, probably because they know someone that's been, like, you know, arrested for it, you know? Or, and they say, so they do think it's a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And so... And, and that's like one thing that's even difficult that I've learned through other black um, black business owners is that you know some black people may even like vote against cannabis and not yeah. even realize you're vote against seeing like some people truly believe that you know cannabis can be like the forty acres and a mule that you mm-hmm. know we were not given for reparations you know with slavery and because it gives us an opportunity to really have a crop that not only benefits us and our health and our well being mm-hmm. and our families but it can also lead to generational you know wealth and yeah. sustain like mm-hmm. sustainable income Absolutely. and like. And that's what I'm looking at this for my family as well. I was like, this mm-hmm. is something that's not only going to heal my parents mm-hmm. who, you know, need all of the healing and, you know, by God, you know, thank you for your service. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I think that's what's been so scary for so long. And like, if you look back at history, for example, like even in um, colonial, you know, colonial days, Britain had the U.S. grow hemp them to use for textiles and all kinds of things mm-hmm. yeah. but they weren't allowed to manufacture or do anything with it they had to send their biomass just over that's to that's crazy and so it's because they were like because they know like as soon as you get this like you're you're, you're gonna be very independent yeah <laughs> like, yeah you do, like you can use every part of the plant and like that's what's so wild about it now being legalized is that it gives you like the space to be able to try mm-hmm. all these different methods and you know uh, financial security even that too, too and that too and i think mm-hmm. and like what a and, like, I think, you know, cannabis is all about giving and, um, you know, healing. Like, literally, I call it the, um, you know, the Boy Scout, or I like to say Girl Scout. <laughs> but I call it the, the Girl Scout plan because it is the female plan, you know, right? Yeah. So it is a, it's a woman. But yeah. um, but I like to call it that because its entire job is to always was right in every situation. Mm-hmm. So, like, it returns your body to homeostasis. So I think that it's always been a little bit scary that... You know, we're going to have this one form of medicine that kind of helps with everything. <laughs> yeah, like how has that actually happened? You know, how is that going to be affecting Big Pharma? How is yeah, that? They're scared. Big Pharma's yeah. pissed. They're real pissed. It's yeah. like the alcohol industry's like, let's cash in on that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you know that Fireball started making gummies? Fireball makes cannabis infused gummies Do with they no taste THC. Like yeah, it's. I haven't tried them yet, but I'm here to say that I do not like Fireball, so I bet that that's really disgusting. As long as it, has a, as long as it doesn't have windshield wiper fluid, I'm good. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Man, memories. Um, so what do you feel like needs to be done or pushed for people who are unable to receive cannabis for medication if they have convictions? What do you feel like needs to, like, what needs to be pushed? And I know it starts with our lawmakers, but what do you feel like, like, even just as individuals, what could we be doing better as far as like helping push that? 
I think finding, so going back to, I never really touched on Equity First Alliance, which is okay, a really yeah. cool nonprofit that, um, one of my dope women in California, but they, um, really creative and they, it's basically a coalition of, I think it's over a hundred organizations. I'm pretty sure it's a coalition of over a hundred organizations that are either people of color, disabled, veteran, LGBTQIA plus, like all of the marginalized groups yeah. that are kind of left out and forgotten about. Because what's also happening, what I'm really passionate about, you know, with the this, um, you know, Black Star, this, you mm -hmm. know, Black owned cultivation in California. I'm passionate about that because it's Black owned because that's rare. Mm -hmm. It's so rare to see people of color touching the plant. It's, it's so mostly true. like like just rich white dudes. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. True. And yeah. if they have any diversity, it's like affirmative action shit. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, okay, that's cool, I guess. And yeah. like, you know, and like, meanwhile, you go to events and I had this guy that came up to um, this group of like diverse women and like us sitting here, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it was just like, how can we make our brand like more relatable to women and like, you know, like, you know, to like a more diverse group. And then he, she was just like, do you have people that are diverse working for you? And yeah, because that's where everything starts. Exactly. <laughs> pay them for their, you know, pay them for their expertise. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, kind of like no brainers, you think. But exactly. I mean, but it's, it's really not. not. And meanwhile, like, you know, so many of us are out here just being consumers mm -hmm. instead. Yes. You know? And so it's cool. And I'm always like for like trying to find, you know, black um black and woman owned businesses to work with and um i know that i know there are some creatives and to get back to the questions i know there are some creatives who like only work with you know yeah. Mark, you know what i mean like yeah i was like that's cool i was like that is really that. cool because they asked the question like who owns your company you also have to ask like especially when you get to like cultivating and manufacturing mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. like who owns owns your company yeah because they may have like a poster child up there mm -hmm. meanwhile like the majority ownership are mm -hmm. the rich white dudes totally so, yeah and so and i don't think that they i don't think things as we know like with millionaires and billionaires like things are not always in the interest of the collective it's mostly an individual so yeah. That's... <laughs> so I think the best thing to do is to find organizations like Equity First Alliance where you can um, donate to this group that's going to help promulgate the causes of all these businesses mm -hmm. and find ways to connect people to them mm -hmm. and create a network. So you can like because you can always be mindful in your business practices. Like, let's say you're a dispenser. You can be mindful in the brands that you pick up. Like, do totally. I have diverse brands on my yeah. shelf? Like, mm -hmm. who's who are you giving money to? Mm -hmm. Like, just get back to the. You know, simple question: Who are you giving money to? Um, but I would say, you know, look up Equity First Alliance. If if not for them, if you can find something that you're going to be passionate about. Yeah, we were reading like uh, we researched like their whole website last yeah. night. <laughs> I was like reading articles out loud to Saba from <laughs> while I was driving. But it was really great stuff that like I feel like it's easy to just like pass over, you know, and like yeah. not even think of something about. But like. It's I appreciated reading it so much, though, mm -hmm. because I was like, yes, like, mm -hmm. yes to all of this, you yes. know, like it's that's it's real. It's true. So like anyone listening, you should research yeah. Equity First Alliance and yeah. it's, Go it's good knowledge. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, that's yeah, that's all. It's, it's it's just crazy. Like even Brandon and um, reading that to us last night and driving like my jaw was just dropping lower and lower because being in this industry like I day to day like I only think of you know the stuff that I have to do and you know growers come in and you're right a majority of them are white um I only see like maybe 
0.5 out of like 10 that are women mm-hmm. like and not even <laughs> colored women just like white which yeah. is so fine but like at least women are out there doing it yeah. but it's really like when you talk about this side of it it puts so much into perspective and shines light on the people who are unable to medicate or are stuck in it broadens for, like the whole yes, like this industry yeah. is so broad that mm-hmm. like it's more than just like your bubble here in Oklahoma and yeah. like getting you know cannabis mm-hmm. passing da, 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 like there's this industry is so cool and mm-hmm. diverse and you know even just laws that other like states are passing like I know in Arizona you can only like there's only two or three dispensaries there because it's like you have to have I think half a million dollars in your bank account to even be able to get do anything absolutely Absolutely, and that's where this equity part comes in because it's not just enough to have representation where you're hiring and you have affirmative action. Like, it Mm -hmm. has to go beyond that. Like, do you... And again, that's why I say getting close to the plant. And that requires a license, which there are Mm -hmm. typically so many barriers to entry to even acquire Mm -hmm. a license. Like, thankfully, in Texas, like, for the hemp, um, which my family is looking at growing hemp, and thankfully, there's, like, no... um, there's like a low barrier to entry, like that's a hundred dollar nice. fee to start oh, wow. cultivating that's not hemp, bad right? At all. And that's just hemp for now, of course. But yeah, still, but, but still, still, like you would think yeah. it would be more because yeah. with our cannabis, that's like I think it's fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> it's like fifteen hundred dollars to get yeah. any licenses, and within that, you have to like get licenses on top of those licenses, and then you have to renew every year. So it's not just like a one and done thing. Absolutely, and honestly, that's why I can't wait for it to be federally legal. You know, learning mm-hmm. what I've learned from my parents um, with government contracting, which is mm-hmm. what my dad did, and with federal government contracting, you have to have set asides, meaning they have to apportion a certain amount of like small business contracts to like people of color, to mm-hmm. women, and like, mm-hmm. and it's vetted to make sure that they have the ownership of that company. And that's like, really cool, and and that's you know. And that's like the democracy of it, right? Mm-hmm. But like when it's state run, like it's kind of mm-hmm. like whatever. And right. that's exactly what happens. Like, like um, Chicago has run out of product. Like they don't even have enough in Illinois because there are so few. I think Pennsylvania gave out like four licenses to start. That's crazy. Initially. And who do you think those four licenses went to? Probably their homies. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that's so true. Like you're never It's just that. crazy. Like people, I don't see how like lawmakers they want to approve it but then i don't see how they expect to see growth if they're not willing to let it be an open field i know which is so crazy it's so crazy because i mean with the taxes like they're making like so much money i'm like it's helping think about the good of the people people yeah and that's the thing is america and that's kind of what my brand is about as well with taylor and tess is like um which Anyway, but that's what the brand is about as well. It's like it is um, all about collectivism, and that's mm-hmm. like America is the most individualistic society. Yeah, we are like, and we also like really believe in the scarcity of resources. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, it's weed. You can yeah, like, it's a weed. It's like a one cure all type yeah. like yeah. resource. And it's, and it's been and like the culture of it has been meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. And so like the commercialization has like definitely I feel like changed that totally and from what, just what I've observed and like learned from like people who've been in the game for a while and. Like, they're like, yeah, like, this is not like what it was. Like, this, like, you know, with like, you know, huge companies like MedMen and like mm-hmm. Brown and all these like huge companies out here. Like, like, this is not what it was intended to be. But yeah, I feel like I could see that definitely like the community aspect of like even growing weed. Like, I hear I'll hear older patients come in who are like 60 and above talking about back when we used to grow, like, we used to all grow in a field, you know, like, right. and now it's like, 
so cutthroat like you like dispensaries can't even talk nice about one another or like people will go troll and write fake comments but i'm like why like there's so much love out here there's so many people out here like we should all be sharing the love like there's no reason for all the hate you know it's just silly literally and instead of putting your energy to that like put your energy into like educating yourself and making clean products yeah yeah you know what i mean like because i also feel like those same people probably have trash product like 100 like if you're having yeah. to do all that like you probably have trash product that is like you know full of chemicals and pesticides mm-hmm. and shit so I yeah don't, i don't know it's crazy so what do you think um the biggest or one of the biggest lacks within the like within this country and cannabis is um, I think currently we still have like some normalization to do. Yeah. Like um destigmatizing I think is still important. It's Let's step one. Yeah, yes. definitely. And especially like more conservative places like the South. Um and then I think next would be to, you know, again, know where your tax dollars are going and mm-hmm. do we is it time to start looking at tax reform possibly if you are in a state that's already legalized and if not before that, you know, that bill goes to ballot, then you need to first say, is this going to, is this an equitable measure? You totally. Know I mean? And so we need to educate people on like what equity means. Like equity mm-hmm. doesn't mean, just mean that like, oh, we all get to consume. Mm-hmm. Like equity means like, oh, we all get to participate in this market mm-hmm. too. Um, and they, and it shouldn't, and like, there should be no irony in you having a conviction for cannabis right. so and not be allowed to participate again. That's the craziest like, thing. I don't know. It's weird. It's so, it's very it weird. weird. It's just crazy it to is. me. Like, we could be freeing up our prisons of people who actually deserve to be in there versus like people who are just in there for smoking some weed. Right. Do we just like, want to be in debt forever? I think so. I think I that's, that's just like, crazy. what are you getting Being off to with all yeah. that? Like, I I do not. Okay. Um, so, Tess, let's just take it on the lighter front now. What? Um, so, you've been traveling a lot. You've been doing cannabis. Say, how do you say it? Cannaboy. Cannabon vivant. Yeah. It's very hard wow. to say. I was trying to. So, tell us a little bit about that. I was explaining yeah. to Brandon, and Brandon was very intrigued. So, yes. tell us a little about that. Um, yeah. So, I've just been wanting to do, I love doing infused dinner experience love that it's just <laughs> like bite me t- <laughs> i know <laughs> i've been dying to go i want to i want to uh, we can do them anywhere <laughs> okay you can do it anywhere <laughs> but no um i just think it's a really cool way to get people together it's really chill vibes it's i think bonding. it's also cool. yeah. yeah exactly it's communal mm-hmm. it's also like a cool alternative and like also if you're mm-hmm. doing a place you're not supposed to it like makes it feel more exciting yeah, yeah. Right? like yeah. oh shit we're at the speakeasy yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah i think it's and you know again like it's i've been finding you know ways to you know add to the experience with it and to make sure it's an enjoyable experience for anyone who's like a, in the experience you know cannabis enthusiast to someone who's just like dabbling and trying it out so did you so. start okay so did you how many have you done like have you started it in dallas or like are you working like how are you finding the chefs or are you cooking like give us yeah oh my gosh no i'm not the, <laughs> i don't know surprise me yeah. <laughs> many talents but no um yeah, no, I have found some really dope chefs, and they've all been women, which has been really cool. So cool. Love that. Yeah. So um, I've done I've done a couple in L.A. and New York, um, 
Dallas and yeah, a couple in Dallas. So next we're looking at New Orleans and Houston. Oh, Houston would but, be sick. And I would love to do Oklahoma. I was about to say Oklahoma. Well. Yeah, <laughs> anywhere in Oklahoma, I'd be down. Um, but no, it's just like a really cool way to get people, and it's you know, it's a cool way to get people together. Mm-hmm. And I also like to use that time to educate people as well, so they know the difference, just so they feel more confident talking mm-hmm. about it. Totally, it's, like, it's a kind of complex subject. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I just recently started learning about crossbreeding of plants, yep. like with like him, like how, and then like how just like like temperature fuck ups mm-hmm. can like lead to. Oh, now you have cannabis. It's no longer hemp. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like it's confusing because essentially the plants are sisters, like yeah. cannabis mm-hmm. and hemp. And so that's why, I like, say, like, oh, like CBD's fine, but this isn't. Like, it's the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've been babysitting. No, you're good. You're, you're good. good. Just, that's so. Yeah. That's I love that. It's and I've obviously been following you, and they are honestly, they look so dope. We need to bring one to Oklahoma City. Yeah. We would. Yeah, love. we have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so fun. I, people would people would eat that shit yeah, up. They really would. If y'all know any chefs, women chefs in Oklahoma chefs City, chefs and location. That's <laughs> yeah, all chefs and location. We got that's the all rest. <laughs> all right, heck yeah. yeah that's after awesome. this, we're gonna. Mm, I know we're gonna do some it. research for you, Tess. Um, Have you guys done any like confusing yourselves? Honestly, I haven't gotten into that. I've wanted to, but I. I've, it's just a little bit of a process. I, I've been wanting to do that, but I haven't, like, on my fridge right now, <laughs> I have, like, a printout of um, cheese fondue cannabis, like, this whole recipe because I want to make it and I want to do that. So it's, like, on my mind to do those. Like, I would love to, like, throw, like, a cannabis-infused party mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, just have the have, homies yeah have yeah. the homies yeah. but even yeah. like you were saying though like a space that like we could invite people people can sign up and mm-hmm. i mean that would be awesome but like i going back to us doing it ourselves i i personally haven't yeah but is it hard i want to dabble into no, that i was gonna say so my favorite thing to do is to find solventless rosin very specific to find rosin with an R O S I N instead of an R E S I N, which is resin, resin right? Because uh-huh. resin may still have butane mm-hmm. or CO two that you're gonna have to decarb out. Mm-hmm. So if you have live rosin, that's just like pure concentrate, mm-hmm. and it's solventless because it's cold pressed. So then you can just use that to literally just like heat up in a pan and make some oil or some butter. That's so, dope. So I would say like that's my favorite way to do it because it's easy, it's efficient. Like you're going to get hella like um you know, let's say it's like a 96% THC mm-hmm. might be that's high. Um, it's like a 96% <laughs> THC. Um then that's 960 milligrams right there. That's so Right, so that's a lot of ounces. That you can just like really dilute is. that shit out with oil, like do different kinds of oils if you need to. That's crazy. So how many, like in your dishes, about how many milligrams per serving do you try to aim for? I don't think you should go too high. Because yeah, because you want everyone to have yeah. a good time. And what I everyone's recommend- different though too. Exactly. So it's like, how do you like when people sign up? Do they like take a survey? I'm yeah. like, <laughs> well, and like, this is- and now everyone's to me like dietary restrictions. Like you kind of like have yeah. to like up it in everybody's business. But right, I. So I've learned a couple of things. One, you also have to consider what they're eating and what they may have eaten. And, like, so let's say if they've been waiting a long time to eat and, like, then you give them something that's, like, super fatty mm-hmm. that has the THC it's in gonna it. It's going to get them. They're going to get super stoned because yeah. um, it's fat-soluble, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus a carb, it'll be, like, a lesser effect, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's digesting differently. And so that's one thing to consider. But I also think, like, 
I like to do, I also learned from another chef to do like sauces. Okay. Because then the person can control, you can say like one tablespoon mm. is this. That's interesting. And that way I they kind of would mess with that, like yeah. a pasta or oh, something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then also there are some people who like, you know, for example, so the one I did in Dallas was my birthday dinner and there were people that wanted to come, but they were like, I don't know, you know, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to get started. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. You yeah, know, totally. it's not, that is not, that is not, you know, weedy of me to be like, yeah, upon you. Um, and so I, um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, you can either choose or not. And anyway, so I like to do sauces. I also try to aim to like have no one consume really more than like 10 milligrams. That's pretty solid. I was about to say like, that makes me nervous. Like some, I'm not like a huge edible person, but like Mm -hmm. I like to microdose like and 10, 13, that's like, that's like a good place for me. And like, if I'm coming into like Mm -hmm. this, you know, three course meal, that's cannabis infused, like. I'm I'm gonna yeah. be thinking. I hope this is not 50 milligrams. Yeah, you know and that and has happened. And they were like, Tess, I was stowed throughout the weekend. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. not in a good way. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd have yeah. to be so mindful about like every sorry, bite. Blake. <laughs> you know, Blake. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I love you that. You love you learn. Yeah, yeah, you do learn. You learn. I love that. So, uh, but yeah. So yeah, it's been dope. And then also, um, I think do like desserts. But I. But long story short, it's like especially if you want to like share it with your parents and stuff, let them mm-hmm. like kind of experiment on their own. Give them olive oil or butter. And, like, yeah, like, it's like safe. It's a great way to start. Scrambled eggs, like whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. that is a really good safe way to start. And you're that's eating something that you. I know. <laughs> you're, yeah. That's kind of dangerous, though. I feel like. Yeah, my whole day would stay medicated with food, um, and then I would just love food more. I would live for a day like that. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Just at home, yeah. me, my cannabis oil, my stovetop, and yep, just be going here yeah. at breakfast, <laughs> a brunch. That'd be awesome. Yes. Um, is there anything I think this kind of like wraps up mm-hmm. our episode if there's is there anything that you want to add to us or sob you no, thank you guys so much for having me this was awesome yeah we're so glad that you could come yeah. um Tess, you're awesome. We learned so much today. We I hope know. that you guys thanks learned a lot today. Opening. Yeah, thanks for opening yes. our mind, taking your time, mm-hmm. being here, smoking a J with us. Yes. <laughs> what is your Instagram handle for Taylor and Tess? So it's going to be at Taylor and Tess. So you can find me at Tess Melody. I'm going to try to be more mindful about sharing more stats about, um, you know, cannabis equity and, you know, mm-hmm. social and political. Uh, sorry, <laughs> state reform. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yes. y'all will give Tess a follow. She's a really good Instagram follow. I promise yes. you won't be disappointed. Thanks for hanging with us and stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.